everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bootstrap Web. Brian, it was so good to see you. MicroConf? Yeah, I got to hang in awesome. person. Finally, yep. yeah. yeah. It's been a couple of weeks now, but... It has been a few weeks. Yeah. Back back in the saddle over here. Back in the saddle. Stressing. Ups, downs, roller coaster. Okay. That's, selling, that's selling our house. Like, we're, we're in flux. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, for sure. We had a funny week last week. We uh, It was my kids' spring break, and... You know, we wanted to do something fun for them and give them like a break and stuff. And so we're like, hey, let's let's drive out to Hershey Park. It's like a four hour drive from where we live in Connecticut. It was like perfect. It was like the, a total. What's that? What's that movie um, with Chevy, Chevy Chase, Chase the, movie? The Lampoons? Yeah. National yeah. Lampoons? Yeah, yeah. They get out to Wally World and it's closed. <laughs> I, that was totally us. Like we showed up. Just and wrecked the, the whole way. You know, we, we were just going to do like a Tuesday to Thursday road trip. We get there. Oh, yeah. They're closed during the week during spring. They only open on Fridays. So we ended up staying a couple extra days. We, we went to the park on Friday. We got tickets to the Mets Phillies on, uh, on, on Wednesday, which is cool. I've never seen the Phillies ballpark. We, we drove over there. Yeah, it was a fun little trip. That's cool. You know, we did the Hawaii thing for spring break. That was great. We got home and then there was a COVID outbreak in the kindergarten class that our youngest is in. Like eight kids got it. So ours got it. My wife is a bit of a politician. She's the president of the PTA. So she's very visible so you got you got to play it the right way you got you got to keep everyone home so all three kids at home for a week then my wife got it so she was just kind of exhausted more than anything else so it was just it was just a mess inside the house for like a week (laughs) and now we're coming out of it and yeah the house is sold so we're living in a house that we don't own that's weird but it's kind of nice not paying any rent or mortgage for a few months (laughs) i'll take that yeah so what's what's the timeline on your move here we are trying to find a house that we can move in before August 1st. That's the ideal, but it is rough out there. Cause I'm, I'm looking at you. You're still in your, your same house. So yep, yep, you same. sold it, but, it, but it's not. Yeah. We're not out, out of there. here probably like July 15th. Then we go to Michigan for two weeks. And then ideally we go straight into a new house in, in Chicago. Or you do like an Airbnb for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So exactly. We just need to get into the right school district, man. It's, it's stressful. At least at least I found Silicon Valley Bank to do the mortgage. Shout out to Colin from Customer IO, my friend here in, in Portland. He recommended them, introduced me to the right person. And they at least are like, there's someone to talk to, right? These other banks- They understand the software business. They understand. They understand the situation. And because they're not selling the mortgage out after they underwrite it, they keep it on their own balance sheet. That means A, they're a little slower, but they really care about the, the, the quality of the, the credit. And they're not just like filling out the form and don't care because they're going to sell the mortgage off anyway. So they, there's actually a conversation to be had. I'm like, what happened last year? What is this card hook thing? What is this rally thing? What does this mean in the future? It's an actual conversation. So at least I feel like at least that's going to go better than, than it did like two years ago when I bought this house. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely glad I got my uh, mortgage in, in the house. Like when I was writing the middle of audience ops in that business where when my finances looked steady and healthy and <laughs> compared to what they look like today, it's like, it would make no sense to a banker. You know? Yes. It's a snapshot in time. Like I almost, I almost laughed at cause I, you know, you fill out all the forms and the personal financial, and all this other stuff. And I looked at it and I kind of had a good chuckle of like, this is the best I've ever looked on paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my, my stress level is, is not in line with the way it looks on paper because you know the truth of like, you know, you, you're not done. You're trying to figure this stuff out and you got to make it work and you got to this and there's all this danger. But like 
to get everything ready for the, the mortgage company to like take this snapshot in time and make the judgment on you as if like you're looking at, you know, this, I've had the same job for 10 years and this, it goes up. Oh, that's a weird game. But it's nice to sell your house at the top of the market. It is no fun to buy at the top of the market. What the hell is happening? Yeah, and you're not you're not even in state there, right? Because I, I have friends who who have been sort of looking to buy for some reason, and they're, you know, it's like you got to make an offer sight unseen, at least here in the Northeast. Yes, you know? Absolutely, sight unseen. Sight unseen. Yeah, and 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 it's all. Is that what you guys are doing? Are you literally? Well, you kind of have to go in, in the right order. Like we found the first house that we got emotionally attached to like a week ago. But because we don't have a full done pre-approval, you, you can't make an offer because if you want to be competitive, then you kind of have to waive your financing contingency. And then it puts you in danger of losing like the deposit unless you get your mortgage. In so it's kind of, you can't really do that. At least I can't. So we're going through this pre-approval process. So we're kind of just hoping nothing good comes up until we get pre-approved. Otherwise, we're just going to lose it also. Shout out to David, Bootstrap Web listener, who's our real estate agent. And he's on the ground there in the town, in the same neighborhood that we want to move into. So he's just got his eyes and ears out and like texting us, <laughs> like yeah, helping us through the stress. That's cool. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about business. What, what do we got going on? Uh, all right. I got a few things to talk about. Let's see what you got to talk about. Let's jump into it. Got a bunch of zip message uh, updates, uh, some changes being made. Yeah, I saw, I saw yeah. some marketing stuff from you, some positioning stuff on the marketing site specifically, some features. Cool. On, on our end, I want to talk about, you know, things have clicked on the traction front. It, it looks completely different than it did 30 days ago. And I talk about why and, and what happened and what that feels like and what it means for us. I'm having a lot of conversations with investors all at the same time. That's, I think, the most I could say about it. And that process of getting ready for those conversations, I got some very honest feedback from one of our VCs. And I just want to talk about that relationship of like, you know, where honesty comes in and how, how that works, <laughs> you know, where, where it's harsh and where it's helpful, that sort of thing. And then I want to talk about Tuple. I want to talk about the marketing campaign that they're running. And I think that's very interesting. And I want to get into that. Super interesting for sure. Yeah. 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 Why don't you start on, on like, what's the top of mind? Is it the marketing and positioning changes or is it? So I'm taking it in like a sequence of things. And one of them is now done, which is a, a big update of the website. And, and I, I've, I've said this before where I, I think, especially in the first year of, of, a, of a company, like I've always found like it makes more sense to just keep updating the website, like more frequently than most usually updated. You are much better at that than most. Yeah. And, and I mean, I even felt like this, this last, this most recent change was like, you know, overdue. And by that, I mean, so basically what I launched was a, a very big update to the, to the entire website from the homepage copy, added several new pages for like specific use cases, expanded out some product feature pages, added uh, a bunch of testimonials that, that, have been, that I've been collecting for several months, but haven't gotten up on the website. And the, the main thing is like tightening up the positioning with the headline. It, it now... It's basically just a tweak on it, but it's it's now all about like zip message replaces meetings. That's the thing. That, yeah, I mean, when I, when I go to the the headline on the homepage, that's that's video messaging tool that replaces meetings. Yep, and that's how I explain it every time I talk about it now. Um, and that is sort of carried through to every product page and the, these use case pages. And we and and you know I did a lot of work on writing up like we now have eight separate 
use case pages. And I wrote like a bunch of copy on these and, and you know, they're sort of like SEO optimized for like product intent searches type of thing. I did a bit of research around that and, and highlighting a lot of the same features across the, the pages, but with like targeted copy at that, speaking to that use case and that type of person. And, you know, now I have a lot more testimonials, especially from the product hunt launch and just other tweets and stuff that have come through. So like, yeah, I see um, every page pricing page has multiple testimonials. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, some of them are, are like targeted at what the page is about, you know, like the page about hiring has testimonials about using it for hiring and the page about, you know, podcasting, there's a few people using it in, in podcasts or, or coaches are using it for coaching, you know? So and also the features, like, you know, we've launched a bunch of features in the last several months that weren't even on the website. So, you know, just a lot of like layout changes, making the page a little bit more, or this, the whole site a little bit more optimized, uh, SEO wise, product positioning, um, navigationally, it's, it's updated, I think a little bit better. So, um, you know, the design is all the same. It's basically just the content that's, that's updated. I'm, I'm almost scared to ask you, but how long, how long does that take you? It feels like that would take me like two months. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be clear, it's, it wasn't a redesign. The, the design was the same. So if it was, right, but still, if, so if there was design changes. work, it would have taken a lot more time. Okay, but isn't there design work in everything? Every testimonial element, like, well, the testimonials I already had the design. I had the same style on those before, but just now there's more of them. There was a bit of design work. Like I, I did change up the layouts, like on the homepage and stuff. I actually, believe it or not, I did a lot of this work while we were on that road trip. Uh, out, out to Hershey, Hershey Park, believe it or not. Um, you know, like, Lampoon's marketing I, side you know, update. I wasn't doing a lot of work, but like there's like an hour or two of downtime during the day. And then at night, I can't sleep on the hotel bed. So I'll take out the computer and work a little bit. Um, and I mean, it, you know, it started before the trip and it continued after the trip. So I would say all in all, it was like a about two weeks of work um, with a vacation in there is, is okay. what it took. Okay, well, that's pretty good. The most time consuming thing was actually writing the pages, especially the use case pages. If you go on there, there's like, it's, it's more copy heavy than you'll see on the homepage. You know, it's, it's a little bit targeted at like search engine observation, but also just the, the use case and showing examples and stuff. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the search engines uh, read all the words. And the humans read the headlines and images and <laughs> yep. And so to go along, and then just yesterday, I like following up on the website update, I launched an update to the onboarding flow. Basically, the thing that I added was a survey, a, a one question survey. Immediately after they sign up for for a new free account, they have to choose or yeah, you know, like check all the boxes that apply for. Uh, I think the question is, um, what do you plan to do with Zip Message? How do you plan to use it? Something like that. And and those options match up with the use case pages. I'm getting that, you know, piped over to me with an email notification. I can see every single sign up. And, you know, the goal is to, to try to try to somehow narrow down like the most ideal. I, I mean, I've already chosen the eight or uh, really it's like six niched down use cases that I think are the most valuable that I see most people doing in the past year. I left out some use cases that I think are less you don't want to target. Uh, yeah, just producing less lower quality customers. And so so you know the the idea is like to try to get this some some survey data on on the new people onboarding. And of course like the first like you know there's been about 15 or 20 signups since since I launched that. 
And yeah, every single person like checks like at least four <laughs> boxes. So it's like, okay, right, okay. Not, like it, it's, it's, <laughs> the, the whole goal of like niching down is not working out so well. But, but the good news is that like having launched all this, all these website updates and the onboarding updates, it, it seems like new free signups are up. Um, so there's been a, over a full week of the new website out there. Free signups are definitely up. It could have been a mix of other mentions elsewhere. Yes, yes, a um, bit early to tell, but still. And then, uh, and then you know, customer conversions are also up this week too. So it's like at least that kind of stuff has not broken. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to see that go worse. It's either stay the same or better, and then you can kind of say, okay, now let's really see how it unfolds over the next 30, 60 days. So, so that's that's good to see those numbers up. But the the real intention behind these changes is to kind of go after uh, retention and, and, and targeting our best customers. And that, that's, that was the thinking behind like going to zip message replaces meetings. That's who's finding the most value or most excitement. That's who gets the most value and uses it the most long-term is when they, I like to think of it like both sides of the async conversation are invested. So if you're a company, you and your employees and coworkers are both invested in responding back and forth asynchronously. So both sides are getting value and are happier to do things that way, as opposed to like... They're, they feel obligated or invested in taking the action to reply and, and interact using... So like hiring is another really good use case for us, right? Like right. If, if you want a job, you're going to reply. You're going to reply and probably reply several times if it's like an, an async interview. Um, same thing with coaching. That's a, that's a high investment on both sides where the coach and the student are both invested in going back and forth. Um, there's a couple more and, and customer success is, is the, is the other one where, so customer support is the one that I'm starting to move away from. You know, that was actually the, the initial idea for the whole product right, was, I remember. was a customer support context, but that's where I'm seeing less, like people will sign up for it and then they'll send links out to their customers and customers may or may not reply, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like too far from the money. It's like too, the incentive isn't as strong. Right, because it's like a lower, yeah, like the, like the customer's stakes. end, it, it's like lower stakes for them to reply, right? So so I'm, I'm moving away from that, but I'm but I'm moving to like customer success. So like, because so I'm, I'm using it for that. I, I send ZMs to, to people who are yes. starting up with, with zip message and uh, I'm in on ZMs, by the way. I, I yeah, like dude. That. I, that, yeah. Why not go with what's it? What's cool is like, I, that was a term I, I started using like early on. Um, but then like other random customers started like suggesting it. And I was like, yes, it's yeah, you can make it happen, but not really <laughs> your, your customers make it happen. That's, that's, that's much better. That's interesting. Yeah. When I think about it, if I project our needs onto zip message and we are a customer, the ability to use that in the sales process and the onboarding process, like it came up yesterday, Rock was onboarding a WooCommerce merchant that couldn't get on the phone and couldn't get on Zoom. And it's infinitely easier on video than it is over email. And I was like, dude, this is where you use ZipMessage. Just point and click and show where the code goes and why and, and how to test it and how to like inspect to make sure that things are running properly. Yeah. Yeah, sales is is another one of the use cases like that, uh, especially once you're like in a deal conversation, right? Like you could use it for like video outreach to prospects, mm -hmm. but once you're in like a proposal to a new client and they need to go back and forth, like that's, then it matters. you know, that's where, um, you know, for several weeks there, I was not 
I got out of the routine of sending ZMs to customers. So I, I felt like out of touch from customers. I, I was only hearing from like people on like customer support, but not actively reaching out to new customers, right? So this week I, I got back to that routine of every single day I send at least five or six of these uh, zip message messages to like new onboarding customers or, or new paying customers. And man, it's, it's just a reminder of like, you know, we talk a lot about the emotional roller coaster of, the, of this thing. I, the last several weeks, I, I was getting into more of a funk with, you know, see, I'll, I'll see churns here and there, or I'll see a, a couple of days where we don't have as high signups as we usually do. And like, and, and, and again, like my mind goes to, all right, this thing is all broken. It's, it's over. This sucks. Right. But then, then you, when you hear directly with your, when, when you're in touch directly with your customers, I mean, video, audio, and, and just hearing them verbalize, yeah, I think I'm going to use it for this. And we like, okay, this morning I got a message from total stranger and, you know, somebody who found out about it through our viral loop, like has never met me or listened to this podcast or anything. She says, you know, I tried that thing, uh, Marco Polo app. If you're familiar, you know, it's pretty similar to zip message, but it's a little bit more consumer focused. Um, but the thing with that and things like, um, what's the other one, uh, like Voxer and, and stuff like that. She literally said, she was like, you know, I'm in this group and, and I've got coworkers, but then we want to loop in some other mastermind buddies that I'm, in, that I'm with, but, but they're not on Marco Polo. So, you know, asking them to install it was kind of a pain. And then we found zip message and that was sort of perfect for sharing a link with someone else. And I was like, yes, like, yeah, it was very like the customer, like explaining exactly the whole yes, value yes. prop. And I'm like, it, God, it, damn, just, those, it, it, it just gives me so much more energy. Yes, it gives you, you life. Know? It gives you yeah. life. It's so crazy. The, the good thing is after we've been doing this for a long time, when you do get into that negative place, like the, the mantra is just, just hold on a little longer because one of those, one of those drops of life is, is on the way. It's inevitable. It might be a day, it might be an hour, it might even be a week. And that, that's when it really sucks, when it is an extended period of time. But then that next thing happens and you're, you're kind of back. It's just keeping the mental state positive over time. It's really like that Churchill saying, you know, one defeat to the other without loss of enthusiasm. It's just really hard to stay there. Like you need other people to, to, to help you stay there. Yeah. And just the last thing on this, we'll, we'll switch up. But like, SaaS is, is so much harder than, than growing like a productized service, you know? And, uh, you know, um, in the early days of audience ops, MRR grew so much faster. You know, we, we yeah. rocketed right well, into were, five. You were adding a thousand, two thousand bucks every time someone signed yeah, up. Yeah. Right? And it, it, it just, we, we got into the comfort zone financially, like so much faster than you do with a SaaS or at least that what we're, what we're seeing with it. So like, and, and I'm already like definitely seeing a lot more traction much faster with zip message than anything else, but it's still, we're still in that like fragile early phase yes. where, are, where like, are we going to make it? You, you just don't yeah, know. Like, like we're, <laughs> we're, we're not in that mode where it's like, okay, settle in. We're in this for the long, like mm -hmm. that's the goal, but, but financially it's not there yet. Right. So I, I think back to that feeling at card hook regularly. And I think to myself, like, maybe I'm running the venture version of things, but the feeling of default alive and profitable 
oh my God, it's, it's really healthier. It's really, it's really a lot less stressful and a lot healthier. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to you getting there as I am myself. Yeah, you too, buddy. <laughs> so what's, what's up traction? Tell, tell me about it. Okay. We're going to, we're going to more platitudes, right? Luck equals opportunity and preparation, right? Is that, is that the same? I think it is. I think I just Googled it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we, we, we had some luck over the last few weeks. People have heard me talk about our competitive environment being a little kooky, right? Basically like the loudest space on Twitter was checkout for like a few weeks. Thankfully it's cooling out now, but a lot of that noise was around fast, you know, falling apart and shutting down uh, very precipitously, very publicly. And that, had a tremendously positive impact on our traction and pipeline and sales and energy and attention and just that's awesome so so you're was, literally seeing switchers come over we are seeing switchers and now this is an interesting thing our products are different right their product was an express payment option like adding paypal to your site and like adding fast to your site is the same thing right you keep your existing checkout but you add a new express payment option like enabling apple pay or something like that our product is the entire checkout. So it replaces your big commerce, WooCommerce, Swell checkout. And then we integrate with the express payment options that you can enable, but you have a new checkout page. So they're different products, but in the merchant's mind, they're accomplishing the same thing. I just want to, I want better conversion rates. I want to make it easier for my shoppers to buy. I want less friction to purchase. I want a checkout experience like shop pay that I can't have because I'm not on Shopify, right? So they kind of, fit into the same bucket in the merchant's mind, even though the product's different. So the demand just shifted over to us because there's clearly demand for a better checkout experience in e-commerce outside of Shopify. It's actually the more you're outside of Shopify and the better the Shopify checkout experience gets, the more demand there is for a, a checkout experience like it. Yeah. How do you get that exposure so quickly to all these fast users? Like, how, you know, because Rally is so much newer. Yeah, I got to give I got to give a lot of credit to our team, uh, both Matt and Sam, uh, who do sales and biz dev. But you know we're early stage, so they're both just doing whatever the hell it takes between sales and biz dev and opportunities and presentations and demos and whatever. So they are the ones with their ear to the ground, and they're the ones talking to merchants every day. And they basically came back and were like, "Yo, something's happening. We got a bunch of people coming over." We got a bunch of people saying, I used to use fast. I heard about you. What do I do? So we huddled and we immediately said, okay, this is a moment in time. This is an opportunity and let's, let's go hard at it. And so what we did is we went to build with, we downloaded a list of everyone that used fast. The truth is we already had that list and built with and had some plans for it, but we weren't using it quite so aggressively. Yeah. And so we went and now, now's the to, time to strike. Right. We went to build with and we updated it. And then we started a cold email campaign, basically saying, Hey, very sorry to hear about, you know, fast shutting down. We noticed that you use it. Our our product does something similar. Do you want to take a look? And that thing crushed. It was like 50 to 60% open rate for a cold email. And then we had multiple emails. We had a three email sequence. And then we also started to kind of spend more time on the merchants that we thought were, were like really valuable. And so what we would do is inside of our demo store, we would take that merchant's logo and upload it to the demo. So you really got to see what our checkout looks like with your logo. And then we would put that 
in a screenshot in the third email and it filled our pipeline like boom immediately. And so over the last 30 days, we've gone from the goal is to sign up anyone because we need more data to, okay, too many people. Now we need a threshold. You need to have at least X amount of processing revenue or this, or now all of a sudden we are in a position to be a little pickier about who we work with just that span of 30 days. It's awesome. It was fun to be aggressive. It was like, Look, there is a. Uh, Are you learning anything from those customers? Like, as so, they're coming from fast, which means they're 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 a different profile of customer, right? Because they are already like they already had a live checkout with fast, and they need to switch like switch it, migrate it. So that's the thing. If they're using fast, that means they were using fast with their default platform checkout, most of which was big commerce. So they're in the same universe of merchants that we're already going after, right? They weren't using an alternative checkout. They were using the big commerce checkout. So we come along and we basically say that fast functionality that you're after, that's a feature inside of our larger checkout solution. So Rally Pay is like fast, but your shopper doesn't need to sign up for an account. When they go through the checkout once, the next time they come back, as soon as they type their email address, we'll recognize them, we'll send them an SMS, you know, OTP. And then when they authenticate, they go right to the last step, just like Shopify. And people were like, oh, the truth is most people get it. Some people are like, so it's like fast. <laughs> and, and that's one of those like sales conversation things. That's kind of, you know, you, you get everything across, you make sure you're on the same page and then you move on to the next step in onboarding. And then the tech team on onboarding is like, you don't even know <laughs> what this does, do you? So we got some challenges there, but it's all good, good challenges. The hope is that it's just accelerates the, learning and the traction and you know it helps the the fundraising stuff and it just just helps so there's some delicious irony in 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 that (laughs) yeah i mean on the sales front it's been interesting like this week i'm talking to so like seo focused agencies and consultants i'm probably about to hire one of these probably just a consultant to really kick off like an seo content strategy to fill out like the rest of the year and beyond and just get that engine up and running to sort of grow organic search traffic. And I'm in these conversations, like I'm the, the lead talking to the salesperson at agencies or talking to these consultants. And it's just doing sales calls for audience ops for so many months. It's just so kind of like weird for me to be the, you know, sitting on the other side of the table there. It's interesting, you know? I mean, not, not, not like I haven't done this before, but it's like, I have been on very, very similar sales calls before as the salesperson. And yeah, it's been sort of interesting. You do learn a lot on how a process makes the prospect feel. Because that that matters as much as the as the product and the pricing and all that. The, the, the process matters, especially if it's something that's like important to your business and isn't like, look, it's 20 bucks a month. I don't want to talk to anyone. Just let me try it and see if I like it. Yeah. yeah. No, but when you're talking about like thousands, like you you do have to have a a phone process. Not that I'm like the the greatest salesperson in the world, but I've, I've done a lot of optimizations on, on the sales flow with, with audience ops and, and, and learned a lot about how to, how to like qualify and how to, how to lead the questions to, to a certain destination and things like that. And, and I'm sort of like experiencing that in different flavors of, of it from different people. Okay. I guess like talking about marketing, like investing in marketing, right? 
I came to sort of a, a conclusion on how I'm going about it. Like I, I previously tried to hire a person here or there who could sort of become like a generalist and, and maybe grow into like a head of marketing type of thing. And that didn't work out so well for me. What I should have done and now, now I'm coming around to it is like just hire specialists and even like subspecialists, right? So one of several channels that, that I want to develop is SEO and content for, for uh, the Zip Message site. And to execute on that, what I'm doing is like, I already have a couple of really good writers that I've worked with in the past. Like I know I'm going to go to them to write articles. But before we even get to those articles, like I need to have a really good plan. And, and actually remembering back to audience ops, the clients who were most successful with, with audience ops were the ones who came to audience ops having already done their, their own keyword research, either themselves or hiring a, a, a firm or a consultant to give them a long list of like well-researched keywords and topic ideas. And then they, they, sometimes they would even have like outlines, like, like really planning, planning out every piece of content strategically and then having the team write them the audience ops team, right? I'm like that, that's what worked really well. So I, I sort of need to do that. So that's what I'm looking to do is, is hire like the, the strategist to help with the keyword research. I've, I've done a bunch of that myself with like Ahrefs and, you know, learned, I feel like I continuously like relearn the skill of, of SEO research, but it's just not my strength. And I know enough to know how much work it takes to really do it well. So that's why I want to bring in an, an expert on, on that piece and then sort of develop a queue of topics and there's a lot of sub strategy there of like these these articles are aimed at this intent and these are aimed at link building and these are aimed at this and that so like just trying to execute on on all that over the next several months and and put the right people like just basically i'm just trying to get this person hired give my input have the writers in place give my give my input and have a process for churning out articles and now that now that machine is running and that will grow our SEO content game over the next year while I then focus on integrations and other stuff. You know? Yeah. You got to build a machine and then just know, okay, I got to put coins into this machine every month. I know how much I'm putting in and then the payoff will be down the road. I mean, your, your product is wide enough in its appeal that I think SEO makes sense in, in that way, but people Googling around meetings and async and video and messaging and all that is to, to yeah. And, and, you know, going back to, I, I did this big website update with the positioning update and, and these new product pages and use case pages. Like I wanted to get that done, like just me personally working on that myself, because I know the product, I know the customers, I know the direction of where we want to go with the positioning of this thing in the market. I needed to get that all really sorted out and launched. And now that that's out, I can go to these agencies and consultants like, okay, now let's build it out from here. You know, that's uh, sort of like the sequence of how I'm uh, executing on, on that stuff. Well, speaking of marketing, uh, I want to bring up something I saw on Twitter yesterday from Tuple, our friends at Tuple. And uh, help me remember the, the, the name of the marketer that they hired. Aaron Francis. Yes. So I saw it was an interesting hire. I, I follow Aaron and he, he does cool yeah, stuff. So do I. Yeah. And then to, to see him join Tuple, also interesting. And to see, you know, Ben's been very deliberate about his hiring. He hasn't blown out the team size. Like they're, they're careful. It feels like they're careful and deliberate over there on that front. 
So it's great to see them hire someone. Aaron felt like this, like a good cultural match with them, right? It's not like this, like bombastic marketer that's just going to like do things different than the way they normally do things. So, so yesterday, Aaron writes this tweet and it's basically, we're going to run an experiment. We took out $200,000 from Stripe Capital, which is an interesting part of it. I would almost love to hear Ben, like, why'd you take money out in that way? I mean, it's right there. It's available. It's cheap. It, it keeps the cash balance. I don't know what their cash balance is like, but my guess is they, they could have used money in, from cash. So they're right. They're financing this. I don't think it's in conjunction with Stripe or anything, but it's so, so it's cool. They're taking out $200,000 in loan from Stripe Capital. I think it's an interesting bigger picture experiment into like, if we have, and I think this is how Ben is, I, I think I've heard him talk about it before. I, you know, Ben, let, let us know. If we have 200K, how, how do we make that profitable, right? Like, right. If we have access to it, yes. What's a profitable yes. way to, to spend 200K for, and, and we should know what we can spend that on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I think is a smart way to do it because that it is, it is utilizing access to capital in the right way. Like I, I would love to criticize our really big competitor Bolt. Uh, for throwing money around, but that's what you should do when you have access to capital. Use it to your advantage. So this experiment is $200,000. And correct me if I'm wrong, they want to do it. They want to use three marketing campaigns. And the interesting thing is that they want to talk about it publicly, what they're going to do with the money and what the results are like. And I think this is like, this is compelling content. You, you care even it's not aimed specifically at you only your audience. It's a bit wider than that. It, it almost like gets your company out there. It's interesting from like There's, multiple it's a stories. The, the whole thing is a story. The the campaigns themselves are stories. You're you're you're, you're along for the ride, and and you get to learn. So it's a little bit selfish as you're as you're watching. Also, it's like in your own interest because you want to learn from it, and it's got this little bit of FOMO. Like, isn't that cool that they can do that? It's it's like. I think it's perfect. I think this is what content marketing looks like these days. The the traditional content I think drives SEO, but it doesn't drive attention. It's so hard to get attention. I, I agree. I, I I think that like SEO focused content marketing is just that. That's just that that is a totally different thing. Like that that's not. I wouldn't even really call it like content marketing, even though technically it's you know text on a page, right? But yeah, this you're right. It's this is how content marketing has evolved and, and, you know, like it, it, it's also getting into podcasting and video and, and Twitter. And the other thing about them is that they, they are a tool for developers. So de developers are not easy to quote unquote market to. Yes. So, so, you, sort of, so you sort of have to do the, you have to be a lot more interesting. To, yeah, to interesting and, to your audience, and, and that's not just developers. I mean, that's that's that would probably go for B two B SaaS in more broadly, right? I mean, it's hard to get attention. I don't read anything. I don't pay. Attention. You know, it's like it's pretty tough to do. So it it really I love. I mean, you know, as like, like as you get into like the offline like niche verticals, like selling, you know, to um, whatever like real estate agents, you can get a little bit. I would say less creative. You can go with more traditional tactics, but like when you're when you're selling a tool to people who live and work online and they're more savvy, you got to you got to raise the game. That's, yeah, that's what this is. You know, right? How do you how do you have your audience, your potential customers, and your future potential customers 
know what your company does and associate what you do, who your company is with like positive feelings, positive memories of what they've done. Do you like the people that are involved? It's, it's this weird, long, complicated game around positioning, brand recognition, product recognition. So I'm really interested to see what campaigns they actually run. I hope they can find opportunities that match the the opportunity, the moment of like this, this narrative that people want to want to see. Yeah. I forgot what the three things exactly were, but what, from what I remember, it was like the first two were like, like more specific things. And then the third one was something around like something for the developer community. I don't know if it might've been a sponsorship. It was almost like their hypothesis is like, if we just support the developers, that's, what's going to win. Let's, let's prove that by putting it up. How do we do it? Yes. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. So, so the, the three bullet points of the three things he said, he won't divulge the, the details quite yet, but one is a physical product, which is super interesting. Yes, that's right. Two is a blitz of traditional media. Like, so ads. Yeah. And, and the three is giving back to the developer community. Okay. So do they have a thesis that, that, that number three works best or they're like, okay, let's see what, what no, happens. No, no. But um, the physical product, that's like what they can do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think like giving back to the developer, like, of course that's going to work. It's a question of like, how well do the other two work? Sure. Giving back to the, to the developer community works, but like in what way does, does that yeah, reflect right. back on you? Like, is does, it getting does it bring the right people? Yeah. Right. Is it making people happy? Like what, what is that? So I saw something similar in the crypto space recently, along with Sean Purry, you know, the, the guy on Twitter, this guy, uh-huh. Sean, I think he does my first million or something like that with the, the other guy. My, oh. my memory, my memory doesn't work right now. So I saw this, crypto focused company basically say that they're they're going to give away 25,000 bucks to to people to like learn right to like be, be able to take time off and learn web3 development and then Sean retweeted it and was like I'm in for 25k also and and I was like that's content marketing now that version of look if you're going to spend money on a on a campaign you can go give it to Facebook and run ads, or you can give it to your audience and show that you genuinely are investing in your audience. And it doesn't even need to be cynical. You can actually be straightforwardly like optimistic and idealistic about it. You know, the truth is this stuff is not new, right? Like Seth Godin's book, The Purple Cow, which came, came out, what, 30 years ago? Yeah, like, a long time. I mean, that's about like, you got to have something that's noteworthy, like that's worth talking about that's worth sharing. I mean, that's what the, the, the this is just the evolution of that. This, I know, this, it's like, but it's, it's that's cool. what it looks so like in 2022. You gotta, you know, you gotta do stuff that, that's different and, and, and like compelling to follow along, you know? Yeah. When I saw the crypto company with the Sean Purry, like retweet, I sent that over to Dev and Mark from PBS. And I was like, guys, this, this is this sort of thing like this, right? Like I'd rather spend money on that directly into the audience of like any Shopify app that has more than a thousand users that build an integration for, for rally, like we'll do X for, or we'll provide X or sponsor something or like, yeah. So it'll be cool to see what, what, what Tuple does and and how it works. I, I think, I think they're onto something. You know, just getting a little bit in the weeds on 
because I, I went down the rabbit hole and like watching all these like SEO strategy videos, a lot, a lot from Ahrefs, which is still just amazing content on, on that, um, especially their YouTube stuff. And I had one little like one, one little uh, learning from that. It was sort of ties in like the way that you break up all the articles that you might develop over, over the course of a year. You know, one or would be like the buy intent pages where it's like mainly product pages or, or product focus pages. The thing is you can't expect to get a lot of links to those organically because they're mostly sales pages. Then you got like low competition, you know, think like long tail, like low difficulty uh, opportunities. You can just sort of develop content, some link building, but like it's more of a quantity game there. But then the third piece is like just develop really high quality that is aimed at getting inbound links. Like you might not necessarily rank these pages, but they are so interesting and so worth linking to that that link juice that you can attract with these pages can then flow, like the domain authority would then flow to your product pages. Like you're not going to, link building and inbound promotion is not super effective to do it directly at your buy intent pages. But if you have these super interesting pages on your site, so that generate links, like, so think like, on so, own. you know, traditionally people would think about like skyscraper articles and even mm-hmm. like, like uh, survey data and stuff. Right. So but good. The, it's like undeniable type of stuff. And like other writers link to it like crazy and reference it like crazy and people feature it in their conference talks and stuff like that. But like the next evolution of that is stuff like this, like, so interesting that everyone talks about it and links to it. And then you'll still develop the buy intent pages on your site. You'll still do the low competition, long tail pages, right? But you got to mix in this high value, super unique, worth talking about story-based stuff that people just want to link to all day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, we we are starting to look for a marketer now and the f- creativity required on on this sort of thing will be interesting to kind of like look for and try to dig into yep yeah yeah man cool well i figured it out that's did that's it. the internet <laughs> <laughs> cool that's great to see you good episode thanks for listening everybody all right later folks